Hello, you're listening to podcast 24, Avaaz Sabki. But now you know, there was a man named Jack Dawson and that he saved me in every way that a person can be saved. I don't even have a picture of him. He exists now, only in my memory. How can anyone forget these dialogues and the story, the love story of Jack and Rose? Titanic, in full name, Royal Mail Ship Titanic, world's largest and most luxurious ship of its time. One of the most famous tragedies in modern history. It inspired numerous stories, several films and a musical that has been the subject of much scholarship and scientific speculation. On April 10th, 1912, the Titanic set sail on its first voyage, traveling from Southampton, England to New York City, nicknamed the Millionaire's Special, because on board there were a number of prominent people, including American businessman Benjamin Jockim, British journalist William Thomas Sheed, and Macy's department store co-owner Isidore Strauss and his wife Ida. In addition, Isma and Andrews were also traveling on the Titanic. It was being commanded by 62-year-old senior captain Edward John Smith. There was a lot of excitement regarding this ship in the passengers, public and the media. It was not only the world's largest ship, around 269 meters in length and more than 53 meters high. The luxury on this ship was awe-inspiring. The first-class accommodation was designed to be the pinnacle of comfort and luxury with a gymnasium, swimming pool, libraries, high-class restaurants and opulent cabins. A high-powered radio telegraph transmitter was available for sending passengers macronograms and for the ship's operational use. The Titanic had advanced safety features such as watertight compartments and remotely activated watertight doors contributing to its reputation as the unsinkable. We place absolute confidence in the Titanic. We believe that the boat is unsinkable, said by Philip Franklin, vice president of Five Star Line, owners of the Titanic. But two days after setting out its first voyage on the 12th of April 1912, Titanic began to its first ice warnings. On 14th April 1912, Titanic's radio operators received six messages from other ships warning of drifting ice which passengers on Titanic had begun to notice during the afternoon the ice conditions in the North Atlantic were the worst for any April in the previous 50 years although the crew was aware of the ice in the vicinity they did not reduce the ship's speed and continued to steam at 22 knots which is almost equal to 41 kilometers per hour only two knots which is equal to 3.7 kilometers per hour short of her maximum speed Titanic's high speed in waters where ice had been reported was later criticized as reckless but it reflected standard marine time practice at that time according to the fifth officer Harold Lowy the custom was to go ahead and depend upon the lookouts in the crow's nest and the watch on the bridge to pick up the ice in time to avoid hitting it.
the North Atlantic liners prioritized timekeeping above all other considerations, sticking rigidly to a schedule that would guarantee their arrival at an advertised time. They were frequently driven at close to their full speed, treating hazard warnings as advisories rather than calls to action. It was widely believed that ice posed little risk. Close calls were not uncommon, and even head-on collisions had not been disastrous. Slowly, the day draws to a close. The sun sets and the temperature sinks. The notable thing about the night of 14th April was that the moon was not visible. There was a crow's nest on a ship, a small platform at the height, which could be called a lookout point. Someone is made to sit at top so that they can keep a watch on the track of the ship to look out traffic and obstructions. At exactly 11:39 p.m., a man named Frederick Fleet was on top at the crow's nest, and he spotted an iceberg in Titanic's path. He rang the lookout bell three times and telephoned the bridge. to inform the 6th officer James Moody fleet asked is anyone there moody replied yes what do you see fleet replied iceberg right ahead after thanking fleet moody relayed the message to mudraw who ordered quartermaster robert hitchens to change the ship's course mudraw is generally believed to have given the order hard a starboard which would result in the ship still being moved all the way to the starboard in an attempt to turn the ship to port this reversal of directions when compared to modern practice was common in british ships of that era he also rang full astern on ship's telegraph according to fourth officer joseph boxhall mudock called captain smith that he was attempting to hard a port around suggesting that he was attempting a port around maneuver to first swing the bow around the obstacle then swing the stem so that both ends of the ship would avoid a collision there was a delay before either order went into effect the steam powered steering mechanism took up to 30 seconds to turn the ship's tiller and the complex task of setting the engines into reverse would have taken some time to accomplish Because the center turbine could not be reversed, both it and the center propeller positioned directly in front of the ship's rudder were stopped. This reduced the rudder's effectiveness, therefore impairing the turning ability of the ship. Had Mordot turned the ship while maintaining her forward speed, Titanic might have missed the iceberg with feet to spare. There is evidence that Mordot simply signaled the engine room to stop not reverse lead fireman frederick barry testified that the stop light came on but that even that order was not executed before the collision in the event titanic's heading changed just in time to avoid a head on collision but the change in direction caused the ship to strike the iceberg with a glancing blow an underwater spur of ice scraped through the starboard side of the ship for about 7 seconds chunks of ice dislodged from upper parts of the berg fell onto her forward decks about 5 minutes after the collision all of titanic's engine was stopped leaving the bow of ship facing north and slowly drifting south in the labrador current the collision caused the hull plates to buckle inwards along her starboard 
and laid six of her 16 watertight compartments open to the sea she had been designed to survive the flooding of up to four compartments at 12:05 am less than half an hour after the collision captain smith gave the order to abandon the ship the ship's officer prepared the boats for lowering passengers and crew were roused if they were asleep and the order for life jackets to be put on was given some put on sensibly warm clothing some grabbed their valuables and mementos others left behind fabulous jewels finally the enormity of the situation was clear to everyone even if some passengers were too stunned to comprehend everyone whether escorted by their servants or smashing locked doors to get there made their way to the open decks of the ship titanic was two third through the voyage and so surrounded by icy waters of the atlantic further the drop from the boat decks to a sea level was around 70 feet which is 21 meters and there had never been a boat drill this was not an enticing prospect for many passengers spending the night in a small lifeboat seemed indefinitely worse than staying on board the unsinkable vessel until help arrived consequently not all lifeboats were lowered full women and children were encouraged to step into the lifeboats first then couples and then single men if there was still space some women refused to leave their husbands others were persuaded to go for the sake of their children still others were physically pushed into the boats by the crew many families were split forever in this night then as the ship did indeed begin to sink at the bow and deck noticeably started to slope both forward to the starboard passengers gathered in numbers greater numbers at the lifeboats to reduce panic to minimum a number of the ship's musicians played ragtime music on the deck fortunately perhaps neither the passengers nor most of the crew were aware that the 16 rigid lifeboats even if all had filled and lowered successfully still thousands of people on board would have not survived at 12:15 am the ship's wireless operator was ordered to send out distress signals several vessels acknowledged the messages the closest ship some 21 miles away that is 33 kilometers was the 6000 ton liner californian but its wireless was as usual shut down for the night the ship was also at a standstill blocked by an ice field titanic's crew could see it and send a morse code messaging using a lamp the californian did not reply with a morse lamp but the ships were too far apart to discern the message the californian's crew did see the rockets fire off by titanic every 5 minutes but they were not recognized for what they were a distress signal then still a new idea in maritime procedure the carpathia was 58 miles that is 93 kilometers from the sea and did response at 12:25 am the ship made for titanic's position exceeding its top speed by 3 knots titanic's wireless room kept sending out signals and at 12:45 with nothing to lose operator john george philip tried a new signal sos signal the first time it was ever used by a linear 
The rockets at least now convinced everyone on Titanic that the ship was indeed about to sink. As the number of lifeboats left diminished, some of the crew were issued with firearms. The inclination of the ship encouraged people to move towards the stern. Still, there were people below decks as steerage passengers had to find their way around locked gates meant to keep them out at first and then second class areas under normal circumstances. Some preferred the calm of their cabins and to wait for their fate. Down in the engine room, men worked to keep the lights of the ship running and Phillips tirelessly sending out signals on its wireless. It was almost around 1.20 am and almost all boats were away. Holding station a safe distance from the ship, their passengers looking on at the horror of the Titanic's chaotic final moments. All to the bizarrely jolly soundtrack of ragtime music as still the band played on. None of the musicians would see the daylight again. At 1.40, the passengers were all told to move to the starboard side to help redress the ship's sloping. By now, the rockets had stopped. As passengers scrambled and leapt into the last few boats being lowered, shots were fired into the air to keep the crowd back. At 2.05, the last boat away was collapsible. In it was Bruce Ismay. The ship's deck lights were losing their power and glowing red as silence descended to the ship. No more struggling with ropes and boats. At 2.10, the last wireless signal was sent. Captain Smith wandered amongst the crew, spreading the word that they were released from their duties. And it was now, every man for himself. Some jumped into the sea, but still the band played on. Some of the crew worked on freeing the last two collapsible boats that were impractically tied to the roof of officers' quarters. Ominously, the band switched from ragtime to hymns. At 2.18, the ship's lights went out. At 2.20 a.m., the ship's stern rose even higher. The forward funnel broke off with a crack and the Titanic began its slide into the deep. Those who tried to swim clear of the suction. Some boats returned to pick up a total of 13 swimmers, but these were soon dangerously filled and the cries for help that rang out in the night air had to be ignored. In the freezing water, hypothermia eventually brought down a curtain of silence on the disaster. When the Carpathia arrived on the scene, just after dawn at 4 a.m., Titanic was nowhere in sight. Just a mass of debris, like deck chairs and life jackets. 705 survivors were picked up from the lifeboats. Also collected was thousands and hundreds of floating bodies. 1,502 people had died. The survivors and corpse were taken to New York where one-third remained unidentified. Captain Smith went down with his ship and he had always promised that he would. Frederick Fleet, the lookout, survived. Such was chance. Those who survived were haunted by nightmares, guilt and sometimes, especially men, accusations of having taken the place of women or child on the boats. For 70 years after the disaster, it was widely believed that the Titanic had sunk intact. Although there were several passengers who insisted that the ship had broken into two as it sank, including Jack Thayer, who even had another passenger draw a set of sketches depicting the sinking for him. 
the inquiries believe the statements for the ship's officer and first class passengers that it had sunk in one piece in 1985 when the wreck was discovered by jean louis michel of ifremer robert ballard and his crew they found that the ship broke in two as it sank it was theorized that as the titanic sank the stern rose out of the water it supposedly rose so high that the unsupported weight caused the ship to break into two pieces that split the starting at the upper deck this became the commonly accepted theory countless traditions interpretations and analysis of the titanic disaster transformed the ship into a cultural icon in addition to being the subject of numerous books the ship inspired various movies notably a night to remember in 1958 and james cameron's blockbuster titanic in 1997 titanic has become one of the most famous ships in history her memory is kept alive by numerous works of popular culture including books folk songs films exhibits and memorials titanic is the second largest ocean liner wreck in the world only beaten by her sister hmhs britannic the largest ever sunk although she holds the record as the largest sunk while actually in service as a liner due to britannic being used as a hospital ship at the time of her sinking today even after 110 years the fascination regarding titanic still remains in the minds of many and numerous people for such interesting news keep listening to podcast 24 avas sabki